0: August 30th, 2018, San Francisco, the Sales Development Conference, the first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to 10bound.com conference to get your tickets today. That's 10bound.com conference. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at tenbound.com, David
1: Delaney. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am super stoked to get my next guest on the show. This is someone I've been trying to get on the show for a long time, but he's a very busy guy. And he's also running around planning a conference that I want to tell you guys about, Mr. Richard Harris with Richard Harris Consulting. How are you doing today, sir? I'm very
2: good. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. And I've equally been wanting to get on this podcast for a long time. So I'm glad we were finally able to clear our schedules and make it work.
1: Yes, definitely. Thank you for for, uh, joining us and imparting your wisdom. I'm really excited because, Richard, I know that in the course of your training and consulting, you work with a lot of different companies. How do you work with companies and When you're going to all these different companies, what are you seeing out there in the sales development world?
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to answer that. And I'll I'll try to get as brief as possible and not bore anybody. I tend to work with companies in one of four ways. The first three is where a bulk of the businesses, focusing on the SDR, top of the funnel stuff, right? Coming in and anything from people planning and process to performance and training, literally coming in and just doing the training of email, subject lines, body, live pickup, gatekeeper, all those tactical things. And wrapped around that is the psychology of why these things work, which I think helps get people more buy-in to try the training and actually make it sticky. The next thing I do is obviously middle of the funnel, the AE side, right? Teaching reps how to earn the right to ask questions. Actually, we teach that to the SDRs as well, but making sure that that people are comfortable asking questions and even asking for the no very, very early on with the AE side. In the last six months, I've been really taking the, the sales training and putting it to customer success. I've found that there are so many great customer success people out there who have for whatever reason, they, they just weren't the right closers, right? Maybe it's just not in their DNA. They prefer to help people and they don't mind nurturing people or walking people through challenges and issues versus trying to sell somebody. But the same communication skills are needed in that department as well as the the AE or SDR side. So I've taken the craft and, and really molded it into the customer success side so that customer success can obviously, you know. Continue to feel the courage and confidence it takes to ask the questions and just dig deeper and, and again earn the right to ask the right questions and handle those questions. The last piece I do is is a little bit of sales ops stuff, whether it's process or you know audit our process, tell us what's wrong with the process, what's wrong with our job descriptions what you know all that kind of stuff. so I'll stop there because otherwise it can go super long winded but that that's what i do
1: excellent, okay, and that's really interesting because when you look at customer success it is a major sales component as well. I just think of an example at Discover Org, they actually have an SDR team that's assigned to the installed base and, yes. and you know, trying to find new opportunities. And so now you're expanding your practice to include customer success.
2: Yes. And I think there's a, a strong niche for it. I've, I've talked to Nick over at Gainsight. I've, I was very lucky early on that Nick was my second client when he was at Gainsight, and they were, I don't know, eight people, maybe 12, and I probably should have taken that one in trade versus dollars. But <laughs> but he's been a great – a good friend for me and mentoring me through the customer success and helping me understand that world. So, so I, I agree that there's definitely something there, and, and truthfully, in many cases, customer success – is actually better at asking questions than salespeople are just by the nature of their job and their role and their personality. Like they feel much more comfortable asking those tougher questions because they aren't trying to close a deal. They're just trying to solve a problem. And in sales, if we took that same approach of, hey, we're just trying to help you solve a problem, I think you'd see people continue to grow and expand and improve their own skill set. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it's sort of the, the way that the system is set up in, in most sales. Environments really plays against that, it seems, because it's a very high-pressure, numbers-oriented, what-have-you-done-for-me-today type of mentality, which doesn't seem to really lend itself to that attitude of like, hey, I'm, I want to help you solve your pain points, right?
2: And that is one of the shifts I'm seeing, right? Like, I think in the last... I've been doing the consulting side for five years and sales for you know a lot longer, um, let's just say, <laughs> when I had hair. But... <laughs> the, I, I, we are becoming better at that, right? We are as salespeople. We are honing our craft and our skills. There's a different group of salespeople coming along. And I, and I totally love the millennials because this is the world they live in, which is they're always reading and willing to learn, right? I'm a Gen Xer. And I always sort of thought I was the expert at everything. And, and it's really been a pleasure to be refreshed with that and, and see this next wave and generation of people where it's like, Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, you can put as much pressure on me as you want, but, you know, I'm not going to, you know, hard close somebody if that's not what we're really trying to do. Right. And I teach this all the time is, you know, people say all the time, you know, Richard, you know, we need you to come in and help us with our closing skills. And I'll say, well, actually, I can, but it's not your closing skills that are bad. It's that your discovery skills suck. Right. You just can't, you know, ask good questions and you're afraid to ask the good questions. So. That that's really where I see it, but I I know this is an SDR podcast so but we can go any way you want to go with this. So, you tell me. <laughs> Lots <laughs> no, of tangents we could go on.
1: I mean, you know, it's all part of a continuum, right? The SDR, sales, customer success. So, it's 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 very interesting. What I would like to ask you is as you go from these different company to companies you said that one of the things you see is people not really digging in on the discovery questions mm-hmm. and and then you know not being able to close because they don't have all that information but as you go up a little bit on the sales development side what mm-hmm. are what are some things that you see out there you know good bad or ugly that's going on in sales development today
2: yeah no I, i'll I'll describe this for sales development, but you could really, you could apply this to customer success, sales, marketing. I don't care what department, engineering, right? It could be anybody, but I call it the four P's and it's process, people, planning, and performance, right? Process, people, planning, and performance. Everything comes back to those four P's. And I often ask people to rank those based on what they're experiencing today. And and, and it's interesting because People it's a challenge for people to to rank those. What's the most important to the least important? And then no matter what they tell me, I'll I'll tell them, look, I'm I'm glad you force ranked it. What made you rank it that way? And they're gonna tell us about a problem. And I go, Great. Well, you know, just so you know, when I ask you again next Monday, you're allowed to rearrange those because that's what the world of business is like these days. It does move that quickly. So as it comes back to the SDR side, the consistent things I see that are missing really fall around those four things. A lot of it is about process, lack of a process or lack of self auditing their process. Right. If people don't take a step back once every three or six months and go, hey, do we need to break this to make it stronger? I think I think you're hurting yourself. You know, what ends up happening is we end up going through things and we get into a slump And then that slump comes along and we can't figure out what happened. And then when you really dig into it, you realized it was something that changed three or four months ago. So I encourage people to really, really examine their processes along the way. I also think too that it's, you know, if you're a manager listening, you know, this might be something to help you. If you're a rep, this might be something to help you as well is that let your reps audit the process, not the management, right? One, it allows reps who want to have more responsibility have more responsibility. It allows managers to delegate. It allows managers to see a different skill set from someone, right? And it creates that career path kind of thing. That's a really good thing. And let's remember, it's the SDRs who are running the process, they're going to be the ones who will tell us what's good and bad about it, right? Managers can step in and do it. Hopefully the good – and I've seen great SDR managers who are addicted to the process, courtesy of my friend Scott who wrote that book. <laughs> but it's a good exercise. Make sure you're always auditing your process. That's the first thing I see.
1: Okay. Let me – okay. Look, yeah, I'm going to stop. Uh, yeah. I'll... No, no. no let, let me ask you. This is really interesting. So say you know, you're, you're an SDR or you're an SDR manager and you're like, we haven't taken a look at our process for a while. Where do they start to unpack it? Because I think there a lot of teams have a lot of software plugged in or maybe they they've got this old process that they inherited. Where do they right. start by unpacking the process and trying to figure out how to improve it?
2: Yeah, so this is this is and again, right? Like this is in, in, in the perfect Richard Harris and David Delaney bubble world, this is what I would do, <laughs> right? If I've got a team of SDRs, I would try to figure out a top-down and a bottom-up strategy. Top-down means let's go look at the numbers. What are the numbers telling us? What do they look like? Where are they trending? What were our best months? What were our worst months? What can can we determine from that? That's a top-down approach, right? Bottom-up would be just handing it over to one of your senior SDR people and say, go, you know, Sarah, go rewrite this process, right? Maybe Sarah's really good. She's just been able to crush it and give her the ability to freethink her way to try and solve a problem that may or may not exist, And see what those two people come up with, right? Put them in separate rooms, let them come up with their own separate strategies and see what works, right? Or see what doesn't work. Sarah may come back and say, guys, there's nothing wrong with the process. I got no issue, right? That's one thing. I would also tell you to consider taking an SDR who's not performing, ask them to audit the process, right? Because you know, and and I say this respectfully of all salespeople, we're all very good at making up excuses and the excuse factory can pump super hard and super well. Sometimes though, as SDRs, we become, or sales reps, we become the boy who cries wolf and it just falls on deaf ears finally, right? So taking that person who's going to be the one who who has the most to gain might be another way to audit that process, and that 's where I would tell you to start i don 't know that you can say well let 's go look at our dials and let 's go look at our stack and let 's go i mean I, to me those things happen naturally, and maybe i 'm just too jaded and and engaged with it but that that 's where I would tell people to start
1: so you could potentially have someone uh, give them like a project to say. Go in, look at our process, do, write yeah. down, document it, come back to me and, and tell me what we're doing right now, first yep. of all, and then how, give me three things that we could improve.
2: Absolutely. And, okay. th- and I love how you said three things, right? This is when I was interviewing for people, right? Or when I was interviewing for a job, one of my favorite questions when it was my turn to ask a question was to say, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Vice President, you know, if you could snap your finger three times right now and make something better tomorrow, what would those three things be that were fixed tomorrow? And it catches everybody off guard, right? Totally does. And they're like, well, that's a great question. I don't know. Uh, it'd be this, this, and this. And I look at them and go, well, what's stopping you from doing it, right? And it's, that's the exact same approach I would tell you to do with your SDR team. If we could fix three things tomorrow, just tell me what they would be. Don't worry about how much it costs. Don't worry about who's going to do it, who's going to implement it. Just tell me, right? And that's the project you want them to go do.
1: Okay. And, you know, that that reminds me, there was this book called, I believe it was called The One Thing by Gary Keller or something like that, where the big question was, what is the one thing that you could do that would make everything else easier and better? Yep. And that's a really hard question to ask. I mean, yep. I, I've never been able to answer that and no. but that's that's the whole premise of the book is you have to keep asking yourself that about the process yep. because that could unlock total
2: potential right you got it, it, right like you've got so much to go with right there's so much greenfield there
1: yeah and so i like that so if you could snap your finger and improve three things to make your life easier or you know the improve the performance of the program what would they be that that is an excellent question Okay, so the process we've unpacked it. we've got some great ideas there. okay, now w- let's talk about people so what where do you start there?
2: Well, I think you do you know again, you have to have your ideal candidate profile. It's a different kind of i c p right? okay, and you've got it you know and again it's it's traditionally you know the the young person coming out of college and they haven't had a sales job, et cetera, which I think is great. I do remind people this actually came from a, an AE that I worked with a while ago. His name is Michael Sifford, super smart guy. And he said, you know, there are some lifer SDRs out there, right? There are people who are my age in their 40s or 50s for whatever reason – They don't want to go and be anything more than that. They're great at appointment setting. They know how to get it done. They want to work from home. Maybe they've got a family issue. They don't want the challenge of carrying the bag and being a road warrior. And I think that's the first thing I would tell you to look at. Stop discounting experience in the SDR world, right? At least have some interviews with those people, right? And again, you know, you and I are in the Bay Area. So we sort of see this, you know, young guns approach to the SDR world you know, there's this whole other part of the country, you know, just to, you know, just to the other side of California (laughs) and (laughs) just to the right of us think about leveraging that, right. There's, there's somebody in the Midwest who's great on the phone, happy to pick up the phone, doesn't need a lot of hand holding, can work remotely and do the job. Well, find them. They're not always easy to find. They're not always difficult to manage people from afar, but don't just discount someone because of their age is, is an experience is my opinion.
1: Okay. All right. So that's that's one
2: side. So the, 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 the the profile, the other thing I think on the people side is making sure you are leveraging the technology, right? Making sure that you don't need six SDRs when you're starting, you need two and great technology to help you leverage that. Right. And I'm not saying go out and outreach and sales loft and blast out a ton of emails. That's not what those tools are really meant to do. But there are ways to leverage those kinds of things and make them both effective and efficient and save you some time and money. The other thing I would say on the people side, always, always hire in pairs. I don't care what, well, in sales anyway, I can't say it about engineering because I don't know how that works as well. But always hire in pairs because if somebody doesn't work out, then you're starting all over again. The biggest problem you're going to have is they both become really successful. Well, gosh. Gee, that's terrible. I don't want that champagne. No, thank you. You know, that's a that's a great problem to have. So that's my other suggestion on on the people side.
1: I like that. Okay, and and do you ever see people hiring in classes? I guess that's bigger oh, yeah. companies, but yeah. they'll hire like five people at the same time. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. All
2: definitely you know the 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 fancy new buzzword this year is cohort, right? Ah, like nobody okay. nobody used the word cohort. <laughs> You know, until about three years ago, all of a sudden it, it sort of snuck into our sales leadership word, vernacular. and we think we're way more intelligent by using that word. I don't, I don't mind it, but it's it's just funny to me after doing this for so long. It's like, by all means, hiring cohorts, you can measure in cohorts. I think the technology's there for you to leverage and figure out how to improve your cohort training. I've got a couple of clients that that are big where they're bringing in thirty people every month or or, or twenty people every month, and so they definitely higher in that capacity. Wow. Okay. That's, that's uh, so, huge. There.
1: Okay. So, but I like, but, I but like, even two is yeah, fine. a cohort can be two people or three people. Right, I was just gonna say I like I like hiring you know the, multiple people at the same time so that you know you can kind of have a backup or make sure that you've got the right fit and it's not like you're you're starting from scratch every time. Yeah, yeah. And
2: besides, otherwise it's a massive waste of time, right? The yeah. I don't care how much you think you're paying your SDR in terms of cash outflow. If that hire doesn't work out, you just lost ten x in my opinion based on the amount of time it took to interview them go through all the interviews hire them onboard them go through hr whatever it is like all that time is a massive massive waste that has a
0: tremendous opportunity cost august 30th 2018 san francisco the sales development conference the first and only live conference 100 percent focused and dedicated to sales development join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning forging new relationships and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to 10Bound.com slash conference to get your tickets today. That's 10 slash conference.
1: Right. Not only is nobody making the calls and setting up the new meetings but you also spent all that time and effort to bring them on board and now that's it's gone and you got to do it again and you got to do it again okay excellent so now we're on to planning so tell me about planning like are we talking about planning your strategy for your you know going to market with the sdr team or what, what how do you define that
2: it happens everywhere right Like there's nothing worse, you know, and and believe me, I've, I've, I've built these programs myself. I've been a part of them as reps or as managers where it's like, Hey, we're a startup. We don't really have a process, right? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you know, if I'm literally going to have somebody come in on Monday, please map out at least what the first five days looks like by hour, right? I promise it'll help you, right? Don't just try and wing it. So planning can be something as simple as that. Planning can be well, what are our email cadences gonna be, right? What are what are we gonna do in terms of, you know, whether we're using an outreach or a sales loft or a connect leader, which, whichever one of these tools you're gonna to use. You know, what are our cadence gonna be? Planning out the message of each step of the cadence. You gotta put the plan together before you just execute. Startups is often more about execute and then figure it out later, right? I, I, I get it. I love, hey, let's fail faster. I don't have a problem with that. That's great when you're six people in, right? And you're just, you, when all that matters is having conversations with people. But as soon as you start to build out, bring in one SDR, just one, and by my token, you always bring in two, you need to start planning. And it may require a little bit more work up front but it's going to improve your execution on the back end and it's going to save you a ton of time on the back end too.
1: I completely agree. I mean, it, it, why would you want to wing, like you would never think about winging a whole department, but people do it all the time with sales development, it seems. Yes. Let's just wing it, throw the guy in well, there or throw the girl in there and hope for the best. It's crazy. Yeah. And,
2: and, I, and I think that's because most CEOs and particularly, and again, I'm in I'm in Silicon Valley and and the latest Wave of CEOs. I've seen a lot more technical CEOs who are super smart, right? Coming out with the product and the technology, and they've built the technology themselves. They think of sales, and 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 again, some of it's just a, an experience thing, or, or or lack of experience, or exposure to the world. Is that they think of sales as a commodity? They think we're replaceable. They think that ah, uh, you know, there's a reason that the average tenure of a VP of sales. I think I just saw a new report. It's either 16 or 18 months. I just saw it. I think Chris, yeah, Chris Orlov over at Gong just wrote a report on this. There's a reason for that. Some of it is they're just bad VPs of sales out there, right? The other is, is that executives don't understand what it actually takes to build and create a sales team. And I don't care how good you think your product is, how disruptive you are to the world, it's going to take you between two and three years to get it right, period. And if you change leadership every 12 to 18 months... You're just hurting yourself. Now, if you've made a bad hire, which goes back to people, then yes, that's a legitimate thing you should examine. But sales reps, SDRs, AEs, customer success are not commodities, right? We are not easily replaceable, as you think, at least for the good ones, right?
1: Right. So you got to get that process and the planning down, Right. you know in in, in advance look, think of it like uh like an architecture you know draw you would never build a house without yep. the architectural drawings but we do it all the time in we sales do. and and you know to your point you can't unfortunately probably most people can't hire two vps of sales but that would be pretty interesting huh? no <laughs> that, that, no. well, that 400,000 a year CR-O, right <laughs> yeah right but I, but again i think you're uh, to your point right And
2: and we see this, right? We see people come in and say, hey, well, show us me your 90-day plan or your 60-day plan, et cetera, right? And and that's a great question to ask your VP of sales or your potential VP of sales. But how does that compare to what other successful VPs of sales have done? Do you have a – VP? this is what I tell all CEOs. Go find a VP of sales. Go find a VP of marketing. Go find a head of engineering and put them all on the advisory board. Because when you have questions about hiring good people, you need to surround yourself with people who've been doing it for a long time. And you need to surround yourself with people who are not emotionally tied to you or your product or your service, right? I mean, there might be some if you're going to create some small equity piece of this, right? But you've got to get something to compare those plans to not just look at the plan and go, oh my God, that looks really great. (laughs) Hey, look at all the bullet points. (laughs) Oh, good. They're going to grow by this and they're going to show these numbers and they're going to make everybody hit the phones for 100 dials a day. And that looks like a good plan to me. Let's hire them. That's not the guy or the woman you want to hire, in my opinion. That's a piece of them, but that's not the most important piece.
1: Okay, how do you get that? um, how, How do you get that data from other, you know, what other VPs of sales are doing? Because you've got, there's um, Topo and there's Serious Decisions. There's those consulting firms. So is that, do you have to go and find that information or?
2: So there's, yeah, so there's some there. I think Trish over at the Bridge Group does some great stuff and her stuff is, I can't remember who's charging for their data and who's not. So I'm not going to say that any of them are, but I know that Trish has a lot of reports she puts out every year, whether it's compensation around SDR stuff, whether it's around the average tenure of the SDR, you know, she wrote the sales development playbook. If you're building an SDR team and you haven't read that book by now, you're, you know, stop what you're doing. Well, finish listening to this podcast, (laughs) then go buy it or multitask and go download it right now. I know there's even an audible version if I'm not mistaken, but it's the sales development playbook by Trish Bertuzzi. So please, that's just going to help you answer so many of these questions that you're just wondering about or thinking about. And oftentimes I've found that most people read the book like that. Same with kind of like Aaron Ross's books is like it validates 60 or 70% of what you already know. And then the other thirty percent or forty percent is like, oh wow, I had never thought about that. So they're great books for for you to build these these organizations.
1: So you can get a wider range, you know, viewpoint. Yep. And, and I mean, those are like table stakes right there. You got to yeah, that. totally agree. Everybody I, on the call has. But to read I, it. I
2: think the data point is there is that is that as you said, serious decisions and Topo and and Bridge Group, they all have great data. They've done the research on this stuff. But at the end of the day, you still need to measure what you're seeing versus what's actually happening in the real world, right? These reports are still three to six months old in many cases by the time they're actually – the data is collected and, and then put all you – know, perfumed and put into a nice binding and all that kind of stuff. So I would not say that the data is, that is outdated immediately, but you do need to just – you, know, you, you want to check stuff against the real world as best you can.
1: Yeah, you can't just operate in a vacuum with the planning. You got to get that other research. Now, when you talk about performance as mm-hmm. your final the final P in your in your module, what what kind of performance indicators do you look at?
0: Yeah,
2: so, you know, it, it comes back to the standard right of metrics and KPIs, right? And we we hear this all the time. I've tried to define the difference between the two. In many cases, metrics are a straight up number. KPIs are conversion ratios. That's sort of my broad swipe at trying to define those two things, right? How many dials is important. You need to know it, but it's not the most important. I need to know what the conversion ratio is from dial to someone actually picking up the phone. Like I need to know how many, if I call at a certain time of day, what's the best time of day to do that? Well, what's that conversion rate? Okay, now what's the conversion rate to getting into a conversation? What's the conversion rate to conversation to meeting? Whatever it is, right? And what I would tell everybody to do is you look at metrics and KPIs is start small. You can keep – don't try and do all of them, right? Don't try and do every single KPI that you can come up with in every conversion. Find the ones that lead to the next one first so that you make sure that you build your process around accurate information, right? This is where, again, in the performance and metrics and KPIs, this is where having that process – Having and doing some planning around the process and then even planning throughout the process and execution of it is really, really critical.
1: Okay. And then for, for sales development, you know, there's a lot of talk about the metrics that you should use because the it, the message needs to be personalized, but you need to make enough dials and send enough emails to actually get somebody on the phone Are there two or three metrics that you look at when you're talking to sales development teams that are important?
2: Yeah. So there's a couple of them that I would look at, and they're probably not going to be the most obvious. One is, what's my data quality? If I pull 100 pieces of data out of my database, what percentage of that is an accurate email address or phone number? Because if I don't have it, then I've got a bigger problem. Right then, then my conversion ratios are going to be Are going to be messed up, right? That's the first thing I look at. Okay, so I think that that's that's one of the pieces that I look at: the data quality, and then. Oh, all right, I'll jot it down. Let's go into the next topic. No
1: problem. No, and this
2: is what happens when we do it live and don't edit stuff.
1: Right? <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, I I think that you know the the data is becoming more and more important. You see the rise of Discover work. I mean, yep. they. they they sort of have those that human element on their team to take some of that burden off of your sales development team to be able yes. to to verify the data and make sure that it's correct they actually have a team in you know, Washington state who is right there in the office verifying data to yep. save you all that time. And this isn't a commercial for discover work, but I think the reason that people like them so much is because they've taken a super time consuming part of the job out of the equation and, yep. you know, taken it a little bit further down the road. So da- yeah, data quality is huge and uh, you know, a couple other metrics when I, when I think of it also is the conversations that you have. Cause it's, it's like in sales development, we're doing all these things. We're sending all these emails. We're making all these dials. We're leaving all these voicemails to try to forge a conversation with someone, you know? Yep. And, and it's like, I've never seen anybody be able to really measure this, but it seems like if you open up a conversation with a new person and the conversation lasts more than like, you know, one minute or something like that, then that's, that's a success in my view. And yep. it's, it seems like it's something that you could measure.
2: Yeah. I've, I've worked at a, I worked at an old school call center, right? Where we were selling newspaper subscriptions, believe it or not. And we had the software that did us, you know, talk time, you know, matters to some extent, but it's not, there's value in knowing what time of day, you get the most talk time versus how much talk time you're actually getting. So I would probably sort of look at it from that perspective too.
1: Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, if you can actually get someone on the phone, which is really hard these days, I mean, obviously, you know, you look at your phone and you get like 10 calls a day that where they just hang up. And yep. Stuff like that, and so if you actually get someone, you're connecting with them, you're having a conversation. If you give them your quick pitch and they they hang up, then that does that's not good. I mean, you, we should be able to measure that, you know, because there's something wrong with whatever you're saying when you actually get them. But then if you can, if you, if you're charming enough and you're well trained, you went through Richard Harris training, you know, and you can actually right. open up a conversation, then and it lasts for more than like you know, one or two minutes, then that's a really good thing that you should measure, it seems.
2: Absolutely, because you want to figure out what's working or not working within the context of that conversation, right? Even if you have a two or three minute conversation and it's not converting into another meeting, then it, you can at least explore, well, was I bringing forth the right message or not, right? Was I was I bringing right, the right value props? Was I talking about the pains in the right way? So there's tremendous value in that, understanding that. And I know, you know, I you know, we've talked about a lot of technologies. There's a lot of technologies that are actually out there starting to measure those com record and measure The actual words of those conversations, right? So they're amazing out there And I, I think that that's you know, something very very important that that is sort of coming next in the development of the sales skill and the conversation
1: I know and, and you know those those platforms like gong and chorus and exec vision you know it's tricky because if you're if you're a salesperson you actually have a demo set up you know you've already got two-way consent because they they accepted the calendar invite what's tricky is on a cold call because there's all those different laws and i think like if you start talk to steve richard you can you can set up your system where you're following all the laws of the different states but i i think Where the the value would be tremendous on the SDR side in being able to measure, you know, how long you get somebody on the phone and stuff like that and what we've been talking about. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I I completely agree. Yeah. No, this is great. And okay, we're coming up on half an hour. Richard, this has been awesome. We'll put this in the in the show notes. Process, people, planning and performance. So each one of those we can unpack. but. I'm really excited. You have a conference coming up that is completely yeah. different than anything you know, uh, you know that that has been done in the past in our world. Can you tell us about the conference real quick?
2: Yeah, thank you for that. It's called surfandsales.com. dot com. A buddy of mine, Scott Lease, who I've mentioned here, who is a tremendously, he he really is just this amazing sales leader and, and a good person. I mean, aside from that, he's he's.
1: He is. He's kind of the the
2: opposite of what you think of a sales leader, right? He's not that gregarious, outgoing, ha ha ha, you know, telling jokes, drinking all night kind of guy. He's he's super smart. Uh, A lot of people don't know this about him, is that his actual undergraduate degree was in psychology. And I'm like, oh, if I knew I was going to be in sales, I would totally have gotten a psychology degree. So he really (laughs) does understand how the human thinks. And he uses that. He uses his power for good, not evil. And so he's this tremendous manager. And I I just can't say enough good things about the guy. But so he and I are are putting on a conference called surfandsales.com. It was his baby. He came up with it. We were down in Costa Rica over Thanksgiving with our family surfing and he said, you know, what if we put together a small conference and we get, you know, maybe like 20 sales leaders and salespeople, right? And it doesn't just have to be leaders. It could be sales reps and SDRs and customer success and marketing, but we keep it really small and tight so that the conversations are really meaningful, that relationships are really built. You know, we were talking about all these great conferences we go to is, but you don't get to build that relationship. And so we wanted to Really dive into specific topics. We really wanted to dive in and have people have literally, you know, our goal is that people are going to have lifelong friendships out of this and business friendships, right? Friendship doesn't mean they have to be your best friend and come to your wedding, but there are people we can learn to grow and respect along the way. So we're putting this on in Love May. It's the 19th to the 25th. You can go to surfandsales.com to see it. If you're listening on the show and you want to email me on LinkedIn or connect with me, feel free. I, we're, we're giving a discount for those who come from the show. We appreciate it. And we're going to cover all kinds of topics. Everyone who attends actually has the opportunity to lead a session. So if you're an SDR and you want to you know, talk to these VPs of sales who are here and say, here's what my day's like so they can take that back to their world and share that with their team, we want you to there. We want you there. We want you sharing, right? We're going to do one-on-one coaching sessions. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. So it's it's just going to be a fascinating time. It's going to be in Costa Rica. We've already got three houses rented. We actually have, you know, for, for the women who are listening, we're going to have a house that's just for women just so that we can, you know, make sure everybody feels comfortable. And we've got uh, one of the sales leaders is a woman coming. She's a yoga instructor. So we're going to do early morning yoga, like it, it's going to be like a retreat and sales thing. So we're going to get up every day. We're going to surf early in the morning. We're going to do an hour and a half of a, of a sales topic or management topic or leadership topic before lunch. We'll break for lunch. We'll do the same thing in, around in the afternoon for another lesson. So maybe hour and a half each day. And then we're going to do surf lessons uh, again at the end of the day. So everything's included when you go check out website, everything but your airfare is included in this, but all your food, any, if you, if you want to drink alcohol, we're going to cover that for you. If you want to take surf lessons, we're going to cover that. If we're going to do yoga, we're going to cover that. Like it's all there. So it's, it couldn't be more excited about it. So Amazing. thank you for giving me a chance to talk about
1: it. Amazing. I think it's awesome. I mean, it, it's such a great idea if you haven't checked it out, go to surfandsales.com. And the last quick thing, Richard, you're going to come to the sales development conference on August 30th, and you're actually going to be running a session for sales development reps, uh, giving a sample of Sweet. your, <laughs> of your uh, <laughs> You, you didn't mention that in the pre-call <laughs> notes, but that's okay. I'll, I'll be there. I'm happy to do it. Oh, yeah. And so come to that. Get some training for Richard. Richard, thank you for imparting your wisdom with us on the Sales Development Podcast. We really appreciate it, man.
2: Yeah, no, David, thank you so much. This has been fun. I can't believe
0: it's been a half hour already. This was a lot of fun.
1: All right, we'll do it again soon. Take care. All right,
0: talk soon, David. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10Bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10Bound.com.